This podcast includes frank discussions of mature themes that may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. This podcast is intended to provide encouragement and support through personal storytelling. The views expressed are the opinions of the participants and not intended to be medical, legal, clinical, or professional information or advice of any kind. Welcome to the Bubble Hour. 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 Welcome, 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 welcome to the Bubble Hour. I own it. I did that. Not proud, but that was me. And when I face it, I take back a little dignity. Not looking for excuses. I just want to be free from the power. Weakness head on me. Jean McCarthy, and you're listening to The Bubble Hour. Hello, and welcome to The Bubble Hour Archives, a treasure trove of episodes ranging from 2012 to 2022. I'm recovery advocate and author Jean McCarthy. I joined The Bubble Hour as a host in season two. Together with other hosts over the years, Ellie, Lisa, Amanda, and Catherine, we all extend to you our gratitude for listening and a heartfelt wish that this podcast will find a welcome home in your recovery toolkit. The resources mentioned on the show are available at thebubblehour.com, including information on the online support group called the BFB, or Booze Free Brigade, often mentioned on the show. Now, if you're hearing this message, you're listening to one of our free archived episodes, and we'll make sure that there are loads of these available for you to enjoy. These are partial versions of the original recordings, and if you want to hear more, you can listen to full versions and the entire back catalog ad-free by joining us on Patreon. So just head to patreon.com slash thebubblehour to learn more. I'll also put a link in the show notes to make it even easier for you to find that. So, all right then, enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. This is Ellie, and welcome to the Bubble Hour, where real people share real stories of addiction and recovery. I am here today with my two co-hosts, Lisa and Amanda. Tonight's show is actually going to be about balance and the importance of balance in life and in recovery and things that we have going on. And it's ironic because all three of us are so busy, we had absolutely no time to plan the show. So we'll talk not just about balance, but maybe a little bit more about lack of balance and how important it is to make some sometimes tough decisions to keep things from getting out of hand emotionally or physically or otherwise. And we're also going to be talking with Lisa, our beloved co-host, who, because she has good self-care and good balance and priorities, she's going to be taking a little bit of a hiatus from active co-hosting on the Bubble Hour. She will be thoroughly missed, but we're hoping Maybe when her life settles down a little bit, she will come back to us. And she's still very active on the board of our nonprofit, Shining Strong. So we're in constant contact with her, but we really wanted to talk a little bit about this as part of what may be her last active co-hosting show for a while. And then it's just going to be really a conversational show. So forgive us in advance if we seem to go all over the place, but hopefully we'll talk enough about balance to make the title of the show worthwhile. So Lisa, I will just turn it over for you for a little bit. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what's going on and what's factored into your decision? Sure. I wish I would have had time to prepare for this show. So again, please forgive us for putting it all together at the last minute. But a year ago when we started the show, The Bubble Hour, recovery was really and truly the complete 
and total focus of my life, which is exactly what it needed to be at the time. It was just really a huge part of who I was becoming. And while recovery is still a huge part of who I am, it's becoming a natural part of my day-to-day life. So I'm kind of learning to just live in recovery. And I feel like now I'm at the point where my priorities have really shifted. And while recovery is first, and I know most important, it's not something that I am, I no longer feel like I have to focus on it all day, every day, if that makes sense. And I've learned over the years that as my priorities have shifted and I realized how much I've let wide, it's time for me to focus more on finding more of a healthy balance, which is really a big part of continuing my recovery. The old me would have never set myself first or my, my own needs first. I would have kept going and going. And I've just realized that I just have so many responsibilities at this point in my life. And in order to Does it show the way I wanted to do it and the way it should be done? I don't have the time right now, honestly, to prepare for the show and to find the topics for the show. And I think it's so important. And I don't want to do it half-assed. I want to do it the right way. Mm -hmm. Sorry. And I English. So I guess I realized that I had to change. I'm going to be making changes to accommodate all the areas of my life that I've been neglecting. And it wasn't easy. It was a very... I considered every angle and every aspect and lots of therapy and lots of talk back and forth with my therapist. And that's how I made the decision that right now at this great, crazy point in my life with my full-time job and my family that I've kind of put on the back burner, I guess. I don't care if that sounds pretty Mm -hmm. harsh, but I think that I really, I have just not been able to give my family and my job what I needed to because I've been so overwhelmed with Everything. I can't, I feel like I can't ever do anything 100% or even close because I've got so many things going at one time. And then I love the show. I love it. It's my heart. I believe in it and I believe in everything it stands for. So it wasn't a decision I made lightly. It's just a necessary decision at this point in my life. And, um, I think that this is the perfect example for me of how I am giving myself the chance to be balanced and Again, I would have never, it would have never occurred to me that I could say, wait, stop. got to take a step back. I've got to re-examine things and I've got to make some changes. And I think it, a lot of what's going on with me is just the ages of my children and the busyness of my job and moving. We're moving right now. We're in the process of moving and doing all the things that go along with that. And it's just going to be a crazy six months for me going forward. And I just felt being honest with you, Ellie and Amanda, and telling you really don't mm-hmm. feel like I'm able to do the best that I can with the shows. I don't have the time I need to invest into it right now. And I felt safe and comfortable telling you guys that. And it's because that's the kind of relationship we have. And I know I can be honest with you and just keep it real. And that's why I really felt I just needed to tell you when I realized too much where my brain was. And I know you guys know that I want to do what's right for everyone involved and that I love mm-hmm. the show. And of course, my goal is to continue being a huge part of Signing Strong. I want to help and I'm hoping in fact that now I'll even have more time available to devote to it because it will free me up to, to do more of the things that I haven't been able to. It's just for me, it's been, I'm, I'm a chronic people pleaser or I used to be. And I think I always felt like in order to be accepted or liked, I always had to say yes. And this has been a really 
huge eye-opening experience for me. I know that if you know where my heart is, you'll understand, and you have. And it's not about it's not about being accepted or white because you guys know that I'm doing the right things for myself right now and my kids especially. So for me, it's been it's been emotional and it was not an easy decision. That it's been empowering and growth producing because I know that I'm doing the right thing, and I don't really feel that I have to. I don't have to explain myself too much. I just really wanted to let everyone know how much I do love this show and how much I love you guys and how important this past year of my life has been and how it changed me. I really did not feel comfortable at all telling anyone who's listening my story and doing this helped me. It forced me to be real. And this also forced me to learn how to prioritize. So that's where I am right now. And I'm trying to keep my daily life in a healthy, positive balance. And I think that Hopefully, I know that's my goal, and hopefully it's attainable, and hopefully he does can help me figure out how to do it. Yeah, it can give you lots of examples of how not to do it. Sure. That's pretty yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Well, do you have any Lisa, questions I, for me? I okay. love what this whole, I just, this is, this is going to jump in with a couple of thoughts. I'm sure Amanda will echo what I have to say, but when you first broached the topic with us about needing to take some time to step away and all the things that were happening in your life, my first gut instinct thought was like, that is really good recovery. And I I know that one of the ways that my disease talks to me is to stretch myself so thin and people please and try to keep all the balls in the air and make sure everybody's mm-hmm. happy and put myself last. That is absolutely a way that my alcoholism sort of sneaks in through the back door. So I think making brave choices, as we've talked about, all these things are important in your life and you care about all of them. It's very hard to pick and choose and say that one can take a step back versus that one. But something has to give. And I think the way that you sought it through and getting advice and thinking about this is just the right time and you know in your heart it's the right time. Like you said, I would have been completely incapable of doing that, certainly when I was drinking. And even a lot of time in my own recovery, I have reached points even recently where I don't realize how suddenly I'm stretched until the wheels start to fall off. And I had, I didn't mm-hmm. clap. I had like a, an emotional collapse over my birthday in early July where we had just come through a really busy month and I had a lot of things going on and I didn't make any decisions about stepping back. And I also didn't ask for help and say, I can't handle all the things that we have going on, but I love them all. And and furthermore, the sort of egocentric thought, and again, I think this is the way my disease talks to me, and, and I am necessary in all of this, this right. thought that if I'm not asking for help taking care of my family or I'm not asking help for help taking care of business issues or that somehow my presence is just mandatory in all of them. And it's not. It really is not. I'll be able to say really quickly, you in July, can you guys help, help me out? Yeah. Because I think I need to take a step back. And Well, Ellie, you know, um, just really quickly, I want to say, I don't think that this decision would have been so easy, or not that it was easy, but I don't think I would have been able to make this decision with a clean conscience and hopeful heart if I didn't know that it was in good hands. True. I think that's yes. a well, part of why I was able to do this, because I knew that it would carry on and you guys would make sure. So that I think that was part of knowing I could trust you and knowing that it would still, it wouldn't stop. That was a big reason why right. I was able to this decision. Yeah. That's part of having good people that you trust with good recovery around you all. Having Mm -hmm. a network of people that understand your heart and have your best interest forefront Mm -hmm. in mind too. Again, and I, for those of you who don't know the history of the name of the show, The Bubble Hour, that came from a concept that Lisa 
talked about on a recovery group that we're part of, and she talked about putting a bubble around yourself during the times that are tough. And maybe mm-hmm. five o'clock is hard for you. What's in your bubble? Is it a candy bar? Is it a conversation with a good friend? Is it a comfy pair of socks? And we even had these mm-hmm. graphics we would do with, here's my bubble, and we'd stick the fizzy mm-hmm. water in there, pictures of things that are comforting to us when things are tough, when you're trying to stay sober. And it really helped us all focus on the things we can have that we get to have and the gifts that come our way as opposed to things that we can't have, i.e., of all. Right. It's a buffer. Um, and so the bubble hour, that your whole that whole concept will always be the heart of the bubble hour and always this <laughs> is where our name came from. And it's a tool that so many of us continue to use to help keep ourselves safe. Do you ever wish for a little bit of recovery inspiration on the go? Tiny Bubbles is a new podcast that brings you the best bits of the Bubble Hour podcast in quick little episodes, just 15 minutes long, but packed with wisdom, insight, and encouragement to live your life wholeheartedly and alcohol-free. Look for Tiny Bubbles wherever you get podcasts and subscribe today. Tiny Bubbles, little bits of recovery goodness brought to you by the Bubble Hour. Sometimes all you need is a little pep talk so you can get back to living that beautiful life you're building. The Bubble Hour is a year old at the end of this month, actually, in November of 2000. Crazy. Well, we had our Mm -hmm. first show, Lisa and I, giggling our way through a half-hour conversation before Amanda (laughs) came on board. And i it's just amazing to me to see how the show has evolved and all the cool people we've met as part Mm -hmm. of it, as interviewed and talked about. But Amanda, you and I have had some conversations too about even though it's exciting and even though it's really cool to have this kind of momentum, it's a fabulous quote-unquote problem to have, it does make balance. Can you talk a little bit about how your increased involvement in this kind of recovery advocacy and shining strong and how, how you try to maintain a good balance in your life with all that you have going on. Sure. First of all, I just want to say, Lisa, I, when you brought those to us, I totally respect and have complete admiration for you taking a step back. It's hard to do. And I really praise you for self-care. It is, it's so important that we keep balance and recovery. And it is hard to do. And you know what? The thing too is you're Life just ebbs and flows and learning to, oh, we had that call or that call that like learning to go with the flow rather than fight against the, the, the stream. I'm not saying it. He said it very eloquently. I'm not eloquent. But instead of trying to fight against it, you have to go with the flow and shift with the current as it goes. And that's how you prevent yourself from drowning. And I really have a lot of admiration for your life is you have a lot going on right now and, and in time, you may have things and they settle down and you want to, so you want to come back and you come back and you, your life. I found that in recovery, my life is constantly changing. And so, yeah, looking back at the beginning of the bubble hour, I had never intended to be a co-host. That's super <laughs> So we lured you in. We drugged you in. And Elliot called me up and said, I'm doing this thing with this awesome woman, Lisa from Alabama. And, and she was explaining it to me. I'm like, Oh, that sounds really cool. I'll listen. And that was about the extent of it. But getting involved, just filling in on a couple of shows as a guest. And then when we thought maybe we would have a bunch of callers. So just helping out with the call screening and then 
mm-hmm. ultimately hosting. I had no idea what I was getting into when when I got involved with the Bubble Hour, but it has been absolutely amazing. I love, love, love the concept of the bubble and, um, and having a resource for people to download and listen to in their own time. I think that's fantastic. You can do to help another alcoholic with their recovery. And I had no idea how the bubble hour was going to work, if people would really listen. And but it turns out that people do. And it's really nice. We don't necessarily get a ton of feedback. But when we do, just knowing my goal for anything I ever do in recovery is just if you can just help one person and even get one comment means the world for us. But yeah, it is. It's funny because it, people say, oh, it's an hour in a week, but there is a lot of work involved and we do a lot of preparation for it. And, but I find it exhilarating. I had to research topics that I knew something about, but maybe not that much about and the right. people that we've gotten to meet and just seeing where it takes us. And now as far as balance goes, through the quarter, throughout the year, we've had different things happen where we find out about, like we found out about the anonymous people and we hosted a screening for that. And then recovery month was in September. And so we tried to make it to as many recovery months, events as possible and getting to meet different people and then people requesting, wanting us to attend this or that. It, I can say for me, it's been overwhelming and exhilarating at the same time. Like I just, yeah, it's life-changing. And sometimes I'm completely exhausted and, and I do need to say no sometimes and that's that is hard to do or Mm -hmm. to take a step step back and say you know what I did I can't do that and learning that no is a complete sentence and it's okay to say no giving 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 yourself permission to say no or I can't do that is important you know whatever it is that you respect that okay this is a little bit too much for me and right now I would say my life's a little bit out of balance the other way, in some ways, it's not because I'm just going with the flow of things. And if, if I can make it to something, I will. And if I can't, I won't. If I think it's too much, I'm trying to be honest with myself and say, okay, that's just a little bit too much and maybe not do every last thing that I'm asked to do. But it's been, it has been challenging. And being able to even say for one week, oh, I can't do the show. I don't know. That's even a hard thing to do. It is. It's huge that coming to this decision, Lisa, I, I think it's fantastic. I hope it's not forever. I just, I, I love hearing your voice. I love having you on the show. I love everything that you have to say. And it's funny. I would never have thought, I guess, because I wasn't there before the show started. I didn't know you before the bubble hour because I joined right. our online group after, I think, even at, or at the same time that I started the bubble hour. I would never know that you had a problem saying how you felt this, but we've had so many conversations, wonderful conversations in preparation for the show and on the show. It's just, it's amazing. You know, for me, it's just exhilarating being a part of it. And I just like this, the balance thing, I guess for me, the best way for me to handle it is just, I try to just go with the flow as the best I can and know and know that my life can shift and also know by example of both of you that when I need to take a break, it's okay to say, take, I'm going to take a little break. Right. I agree. The other thing you said too, that I think is important is if you can't, I'd like, I'm a hundred percent person. I put my all into the things that I do. Me too. I can't give. So the thing, 100%, if I'm, if I'm giving everything 80 or 90%, 
I'm not feeling good yeah. about myself. And I have to respect right. that. Yeah. I think it's so important that it's okay, what can I what can I take a step back from now? And it doesn't mean nothing is not necessarily forever, but sometimes you just gotta take a step back and breathe. Right. And I think that's the whole important. I don't know if right. you guys experienced it, but when I was drinking, every very rarely did it occur to me that I can make a choice or a decision and it doesn't have to be. If I no, was it didn't occur to me. I'm always going to be happy. And then when I was in bed, but I'm never going to be happy again. And, I'm dying. You know, yes. I'm dying or things. Are, you know, it was, everything was so extreme. And so even when big life decisions come along, like a job change or something with my family or personal decisions that I need to make, sometimes I'm surprised to realize, oh, I can change my mind. I can make another mm-hmm. decision down the road. Like I said, like Mandy and you were there both talking about the ebbs and flows. I was so heavy handed and dramatic with all the decisions I made mm-hmm. when I was drinking. And to be able to understand that it's a gut check and getting my into my sort of instinct and my intuition back in recovery has been a huge gift. One of the, you've touched upon this, both of you. But one of the other things I wanted to ask was what kinds of things do you notice about yourself or your mood or your family life when things are getting out of balance. Like one of the things that I'm not especially good at is picking up on the clues that something's out of whack until I'm in, I'm suffering a great deal or my family is, we never see you or my kids are unhappy because I'm on the computer too much or something. I miss those kind. So do you guys have, is it one of the things that I may notice is that I feel like I'm failing at everything. Amanda touched on if I'm doing everything at 80%, well, you both did, doing everything at 80%, I'm not happy. And so the things that used to be bring me joy, stress me out. I'm thinking, oh, you got another bubble out of this. Monday. Damn it. That would be a sign to me that, yeah. that this is not, something's not right. But what other things do you notice? Do you notice having trouble sleeping or do you know it's fighting more with people that you care about? And what other things come to your mind when you think, okay, things are getting balanced for me? Keep the pivotal things for me, I think, was when my son came to me about six weeks ago and said he feels like even when I'm there, I'm away. And I did that enough. I did that enough when I was checked out drinking. And I'm not going to do it anymore. And for my mm-hmm. eight-year-old to articulate that to me, it just really struck a struck a nerve or it hit me in a place that made me uncomfortable and I really thought about it. I spent a few weeks trying to figure out exactly what he meant and I asked him, what do you mean? And he said, you're always typing or you're always doing research or you're always doing work and sometimes for your shows, sometimes for your job. And I feel like even when you're here, you're not really here. And I just thought, again, I did that for the first half of his life and not going to do it anymore. And my time with them is limited and they're growing up. And I just, I will not be able to invest as much time into my children as I am into everything else. And again, like you just said, Amanda, when you're doing everything at 80%, you don't feel very good about yourself. And that's how I, it was just a, was a combination of things. I think it just added up to me feeling like I was not, and I think I was just getting away with everything and doing everything good enough. And good enough is sometimes okay. I really believe that, too. I've learned that. That, that there were things point. that yeah. I knew that I could be better at. And I can't, I just can't do, I've just learned that I can't do it all. And I just have to be real with myself. And I don't know. I feel like there, there were several different things. And 
I never sleep anyway. So that's, that wasn't my little warning sign, but it was just too much in my head all the time, me trying to balance too many things. Me, and, and it's not like it was an easy decision to not do the double hour anymore. It was really a hard decision because how can you give up something you love? But at this point in time in my life, I recognize that's thing that is not going anywhere. I know it's a good hand. Whereas my children, they need me right now more than anybody. And I need to be there. And one thing that I've learned through, I've been in recovery is it's okay for me to, um, to say no. And like you said, Ellie, my decisions aren't, don't have to be permanent. It doesn't have to be so dramatic. If I can come back and, and that goes for all things. And one thing that I've really learned, you know, I, I think better than ever is I don't have to overcompensate anymore. I don't have to do everything and be everything and get it all done. And it's, it's okay as long as my priorities are in the right place, then I'm doing the most important thing. And that's really how I feel about it. And I guess everyone has their own definition of what's the most important. But at this point in time, I figured out what I need to do. Um, mm-hmm. But it's a, it's a gift. It's a gift of sobriety to be able to not feel like I have to do it all. It's the it's yeah. freedom. Just briefly, and then I'll turn it over to you. The overcompensation thing was a big thing for me when I was drinking because I felt like if everything wasn't perfect and over the top, and I was having to say yes to everything, that my big dark secret was going to be revealed. I was that that image of the duck that looks calm in the water and paddling frantically underneath. That was me. So I yeah. thought that if, if there's any crack in the veneer anywhere, my whole dirty secret was going to come crashing down. It is. Mm-hmm. It's so nice to be free of that. Oh. Good Care is a new collection of recovery readings inspired by the Bubble Hour. If you love the encouragement and support you find here on this podcast, then this new book is for you. Visit thebubblehour.com for more information or check the show notes for a link to purchase. You'll find Take Good Care on Amazon Worldwide. Take Good Care, recovery reading inspired by the Bubble Hour, the perfect gift for yourself and friends. Others find the message of recovery we champion on the Bubble Hour. Plus, get access to the entire backlist ad-free by joining us on Patreon. Patron support helps with the ongoing expense of making free versions of the show available, as well as the cost to make new content like our spin-off podcast, Tiny Bubbles. Become a Bubble Hour patron today at patreon.com slash thebubblehour and help us help others through stories of strength and hope. Plenty of things to relax this summer, but I need, I do need to make sure that I'm doing other things in my life as well and balance. I think back to, and when I first got sober, I went to meetings literally every single day, I think for the first year. And there, and I was determined to do that. And, and, but there came a time when I needed to cut back a little bit and I cut back till five meetings at first and now solidly go to two meetings every single week. And then I have the bubble hour and I do other things as well. So I'm mm-hmm. very active in my recovery. But making that shift, it was hard to do because there was like, I had all these meetings that I had been going to for a year with people that I just loved seeing on a regular basis and having to choose 
who one I wasn't going to go to. It sounds like just a simple little thing or, oh, you just don't go to this. But it was really, it was really hard to decide, okay, these are the ones that I'm going to stick with. And I still pop in that other one here and there. And if for some reason something's going on in my life and I'm feeling stressed, then I'll do something else. But it can be something just as simple as that. But it, again, that's ebbed and flows. If something catastrophic were to happen in my life and I felt that my sobriety was in jeopardy or that I just felt out of sorts, I would probably increase the number of meetings. Right. You recognize it. Just, um, it's not in your gut and listening to your gut. Mm-hmm. Because like Ellie was saying, look back to when I was drinking and I did up in the amount of work that I did at work for my job was absolutely insane. And the reason why I was able to do that is I worked literally from seven in the morning till seven at night. I would get up on a Saturday morning and start working and work until mm-hmm. five o'clock in the afternoon. And I never missed a deadline. I never missed anything. And I still don't miss deadlines. I, I had to change my work because I need to leave by a certain time to get home and have life, not be a workaholic. I had to rec- recognize that. And I need to, I need to get to my recovery meeting. I need to make dinner sometimes. I don't make dinner every night, but I need, I enjoy making dinner sometimes. And I had to change, change my work habits and have some, and have balance there and just, just respect that there was other things in my life that were important to me. And what I did at work is I, I made that clear as well. I have, I don't take on the world. I don't say yes to everything at work either. I say, or I, I put a, a reasonable time frame on it. Oh, I can get to that after I finish this project. And I set some realistic expectations for myself. And I think that's important too. And so that's what you're doing, Lisa, setting realistic expectations for yourself. And right. they say your serenity is directly proportional to your expectation. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. true. That's one of my favorites. So true. true. I think something just popped into my head too. Oh no! Oh no! Is it leaving? This now it's happening. Somebody always Come loses back. their train of Come thought back. at Come some back. point. Yes. Oh, I know what it was. Oh, it's just genius too. Right? Okay. Restating the obvious yet again, but something you said, Amanda, resonated with me. That that escapism comes in all. Something both of you said actually ties together in my head. That escapism comes in all kinds of forms, and some of them look healthy or productive. Yeah. Or and they're not always. And so under the guise of being mission-driven for Shining Strong or under the guise of needing to get work done for my businesses or under the guise, I would disappear myself a lot from myself. Right. Uh, then earlier recovery, I was like, better than I'm disappearing to make jewelry or run a nonprofit than to drink. It was sort of tolerated for a while, I think, on both sides of the equation, but there is a statute of limitations on that where I can, and it's still the scales tip on me still where I realize I'm hunched over my computer at 11.45, typing furiously, something's wrong. I don't, I shouldn't need to be at my computer at quarter of 12. And if I'm really stepped back and I don't need to be, I want to be because I'm avoiding something, putting my kids to bed or something else, laundry or clean the house or something, or even interacting with my family that I have learned that sometimes healthy seeming behaviors are, have taken on unhealthy proportions. And that also applies to things like running the nonprofit or doing things that are mission-driven. It's very easy for me to disappear myself in that and happily, but I cannot do that at the expense of all the other responsibilities that I have. So I tend to be so black and white that I, in July, when I made the decision to step back from everything, I thought it was going to be really hard, and it was for about a week. And then it was such a relief that I actually had a hard time stepping back into it. I shut my businesses down. I didn't do anything. I just had a summer with my kids. 
And I only went crazy with boredom for about three days. And then I got pretty used to that too. If it's zero or 10, I tend to be pretty contented. What I'm trying to do is figure out how to tend to everything just enough and not overdo it in any one place. And that's Mm. a constant struggle for me. But one of the ways that I try to keep that in check is to have really cool, insightful, honest people in my life like you guys and many other people Mm -hmm. who will say, I'm a little worried because you seem to be doing too much of this or not enough of that or is everything okay? And sometimes the people that know me well see it way before I would have. Learning to have trusted people that can give me those kinds of truths and not have me be defensive is a blessing of recovery for me. And if I do get defensive, if somebody offers me some third helpful insights and I get defensive, it probably means they were right. But yes, if I'm fighting too mm-hmm. hard to hang on to one, any one thing in my life, that usually happens between my husband and myself when my phone will beep and he'll just go, really? Again? Really? <laughs> like it's beeping at him. Somebody he just, he reaches a saturation point with it. And I would get really defensive and say, I'm, I've got the world to save. I'm saver. This is to run. And all this is things I need to do. Mm-hmm. And how dare you? And I realized I'm getting defensive because I know he's right. I know mm-hmm. he's right. I've watched for that defensiveness, that defensive reaction in me. And now I leave my phone downstairs. It doesn't come into the bedroom at night when I go to sleep. And I turn the computer off by a certain hour, usually. Always. Now that I have an iPad, I can pretend I'm reading a book and I can be answering on <laughs> Right. Once the dog's on, I can find Yeah, I can find an end round around anything, but... Just oh, you're not fooling anyone when you're typing, Ellie. Is that? I said you're not fooling him when you're typing on your ad iPad. <laughs> no, I'm not. I know. I've turned the sound down, so it doesn't make that little thick noise, but he still knows. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I put the headphones on. always can tell. Are you reading on your Kindle, or are you really reading face to He's really nice. <laughs> and I'm like, huh? What do you mean? I'm just reading in general. I'll just check you know. for a minute. I just, yeah. You see what? Yeah. Yeah. That sort of disconnect, the ability to disconnect is important. And I went through a thing a few weeks ago where I was trying really hard to consciously disconnect and everybody in my life completely freaked out because I realized, including you, there, I was so responsive. I was overly responsive. People would send me a Facebook message or an email and they'd hear back from me within. And so when I was taking some time away from my devices, everyone, oh no, was she relapsed? What's going on with her? Because we're always always in that. I was yeah. too busy to notice. I was so busy. I was, and people have been messaging me and calling me and texting me to make sure I'm okay because I've been so busy that I've been falling off the map, which is for me yeah. really, that has, it's rare that I, this has been a fourth break for me. It's really, mm-hmm. I think it's been good. It's funny because both of you say this and, and I've noticed it with both of you, like all of a sudden I'm like, wait, where'd they go? And, and one thing, and then you, and then Lisa, you said you got lots of private messages and Ellie, I think you did too. Mm-hmm. That speaks to balance too. When it comes to, there's one thing like big, huge thing, but for the people that are in your life and that are involved in your life, if you disappear, I yeah. mean, that's, if that's one thing too. So there's a balance to that, just saying, hey, just checking in, just wanting you to know I'm still around and just I'm okay, I'm okay, and I'm, I'm yeah, sorry right. I'm falling off the math that I'm alive and sober. And but here's yeah. why, and yeah, that's also because what I when you disappear like that's known as isolating, and that's not good. It is you know, right. when not I, good. That's, it's not I, good. I'm, I need to find a better way because, Amanda, you're right, we... People notice, people who I'm close to notice that I'm really very quiet. That's usually it makes me feel less that anybody even would notice. And it also makes me realize that I do shut down sometimes or 
even if it is forced, I'm literally so busy right now that I haven't even had signs to catch my breath. But I feel like it's something, I need to work on that too. I need to let people know that I'm overwhelmed and busy, but I'm okay. And no, it came out right, Amanda. I thought of that too. Yeah, yeah I it, agree. It, and, well, I was just going to say, it's just, it's interesting because it, I knew what was going on with you, Lisa. So I was like, oh, she's okay. But right. it, and but when Ellie, when you like decided to go silent, it, it was like literally, I think two days till you replied to a message. It was just a big one. And it was just, yeah, everything's fine. I'm just doing this. And I'm like, okay, that makes sense. And then I was fine. But it, <laughs> it's really interesting. It, it's because I guess it, I guess it is. You hate to ever admit this, that we, it is a little bit different when you're in recovery because I think we, we look out for each other and care for each other on a different mm-hmm. level. Um, and that's a good thing. That's, and it's also what keeps us. And silence, yes. silence and disappearing is definitely one of those signs. And I, when I, especially when I was earlier in recovery, I used to resent this. Like, why do I have to check in with people where, right? When people would leave me messages saying that they were worried about me, it would make me angry. And early in recovery, mm-hmm. please, I'm fine. And now I take it as a sign of love. And I also realize, you know, when I probably am isolating and I'm doing this dramatic all or nothing thing again, you know, yeah, what it wouldn't tell me to just send out a couple of messages to the people I talk to almost every day and say, hey, taking a computer oh, break this weekend, text me if you really need me, but I'm not going to be my usual responsive self. And it's just a thoughtful thing to do. But if I don't even feel like doing that, then something is probably out of whack. No? I think I don't do that because I think nobody cares. Nothing worried about you. This is really not about balance, but, or maybe it is. I don't know. But I see, I don't really have to check in and tell anybody what's going on or where I am or why I'm so busy because everybody's busy with their own lives and nobody will notice. Mm-hmm. Then I guess private messages or texts or even or calls or whatever, and people are genuinely worried or concerned. And this speaks, I guess, to where my brain goes sometimes. Nobody will notice or, and it's not true. Yeah. It's a no, good it's thing. Not. It makes, again, it makes me feel loved that people care enough to, Check on me. And I do it. Yeah, and I notice people are too quiet and I set. Are you okay? Because like you said, Ellie, it's a different level. Or I mean, as somebody, it's a different level of when we know someone is in recovery, my brain automatically goes to, are they really uh, okay? What's going yeah. on? Why is she so quiet? Why is he so quiet? What's going on? Would I know if they were okay? Are they going to be honest? I'd make up these stories in my head when the truth is people are just dizzy and have lies. But it's, I think, also nice is a stupid word, but it's, Com- comforting <laughs> yeah, is. that people aren't going to let me wander, you know, that if I'm not working a good program of recovery, if I don't have a strong network and I start to do my little pulling into my shell thing and nobody says, are you okay? Then that's not good either. I am grateful that there's people who will give my leash oh, a little tug and say, oh, yeah. what's going on? And so that's why I don't get defensive anymore, usually, about that mm. more. Oh, yep. That's why I talk to people a lot, because I need to be checked in on. I just do. And it seems, me too. Yeah. Even though I don't yeah. want to admit it, that it's true. No, I, I don't I either. <laughs> someone sent me a text a couple of days ago that said, you're too quiet, I hope you're okay. And just that little text made me think, number one, that's, Somebody does notice in a good way. And number two, like you said, I mean, that I need to realize when I'm being too quiet. Best part of balance, trying to learn how to make my voice be heard because it's important for me to be accountable. And I can count on you guys to make sure that happens too, because you are. I, I know that you'll be checking on me. <laughs> we are. Yeah. We have ways. So, we all do. But yeah, it's an interesting concept because no one, oh, like you were, I think you, you were saying, Ellie, like I used to get so angry when people would be like, are you okay? And it's, I can't say it on the show, but I'd have something off. Yeah, you can. 
how it does get off my back, but it's just, it's different as well. Now it's, it's like, I appreciate the fact that people care. It's a, it's a type, it's a different type of thing. I guess, you know what it is, why I think we're defensive, because it used to be like, how many glasses did you have? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Are you okay? You see, you code for, are you drunk? I've had you two know, glasses. Are you, how much have you had to drink? It's always my number. But we don't live there anymore. They're different now. But those ha- those kinds of responses die slowly. They really do. That defensiveness you, about, yeah, of course I'm okay. Why would you even ask? That yeah. took probably a couple of years to really fade away from me because, and then to this day, if my husband seems a little cranky in the morning, I get this horrible piss in my stomach because when I was drinking, I would try to gauge his mood every morning to figure out, like, it's hard go last night. Did I, what did I, was I too much or too little or whatever? And even though it doesn't have anything to do with me, I still have that visceral response to him being cranky right. in the morning. And those things, yeah. you, it takes a long time to untrain yourself from that. Like going, I'm trying to be forgiving of myself to understand where some of these responses come from because that was how I lived for years, like trying to gauge other people's moods and understand how, how was I doing? That's thirsty. Yeah. Oh, me too. It was always, what did I do? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Always, what would I do? Now I'll just say, say, like, is everything okay? Did I do something? No? Okay. And I move on. Like, this way off topic here, but it's just, you know, that, but that is, you know, how it is now. It's just, just I be do. able to be free of worrying about that. That's a gift, too. And a half. Well, I'm glad to be away from that. I don't know. We've, we knew this show probably wouldn't be the full hour because, uh, but I think we've touched on a really cool thing. Is there anything else that either one of you want to add before we wind down? I just want to say that I love you guys, and I think that this is just a great example of balance. And we've really managed to touch on it very well in this show, considering how unprepared we all were. But we're just (laughs) all doing the very best we can to maintain balance and find balance. And I'm grateful for you guys and for the support we give each other. And Likewise. I'm especially grateful for the bubble hour because I think it changed my life for the better. And I hope that somehow it's helped other people. That's my biggest goal. And that's what I've always wanted. And I just appreciate you. We, me too. I so, love yeah. you, Lisa, and Ellie. No, and I, I appreciate you so much. And I. Okay, I, don't let me cry, okay? <laughs> I know. It's, it's so hard to say it's okay, but no, it is, and I totally respect it. And so I just want to know, can you be a guest next week? Just <laughs> give me a couple weeks, okay? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> give me a couple weeks, and then I promise I will return. I will be back in some so states like, more fast, and I promise. Uh, no. How about now? What about now? No. Patience <laughs> yeah. has never been any a strife for either one of us, so before and warm. truly, you guys know that I will be here to help, and I will be here to... You can't get rid of me. Is that if you can forget me? Yeah. Big just, stuff going on with Shining Strong, Lisa. So we got this, oh, you know, this. We were gonna. We'll circle back and be right. up in that eventually. We'll let you have right, some breathing right. room for a while, but that's we'll, not going we'll to. Thank you guys for everything. And as always, I just uh, hope that we've helped someone. And I know I we think do. That, yeah. I know that we do. Yeah. I know that we have. And I have faith that it'll continue. And uh, it will. I'm happy to it be will. a part of it. And I just, just, I hope that you do lots of breathing, Lisa. And I'm just really excited for all the things that are happening in your life right now, too. It's really Thank you, cool. Amanda. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. It's, it's all good. It's good. It changes good. And these are good changes. And these are positive things. Yeah. But yeah. I just, just in that it's just overwhelming and in a good way. Even my mother says to me all the time, even happy stress is stress. 
She's right. Absolutely. It's, just because they're all, it's yeah. all going in the right direction doesn't mean it's less stressful. Sometimes I ignore feeling overwhelmed because it's all positive things, but it's still exhausting. And it's still well, you feel so ungrateful. I've I still so. I, how can I be overwhelmed or emotional or whatever when this is all? These are all things I should be grateful for, and these are all my work is going great, and my family is great, and all these good things that still, like you just said, or your mom says, Ellie, it's still stressful. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't mean I'm not grateful. Yeah. Exactly. We'll have you as a guest as soon as you resurface a little bit so we can hear your okay. lovely voice soon. But okay. love from me too, Lisa, and for all that you've done. And thank you. you're, you'll always thank be a huge part of my personal bubble, no doubt about it. Oh, and thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. And as we sign off with every show, we like to direct people to thebubblehour.com. We thank all of you for listening to The Bubble Hour. and. Lisa, for everything that you've done and will continue to do in the future. And I hope that you guys have a great evening. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Take care. I own it. I did that. Not proud, but that was me. And when I face it, I take back a little dignity. Not looking for excuses. I just want to be free from the power weakness had on me. Just want to be free 